Dan Perkins Media presents a unique and exciting program. Truth Starts Now, a conversation with Dan Perkins. The left has taken away your rights to freedom of speech. Truth Starts Now is a platform for you to regain your voice. America and Americans will be better off if we can have civil and respectful conversations about the day's important issues. Now, here's your host, Dan Perkins. And began Welcome a life as a true American now. patriot, serving Perkins, her country in two wars. She Shaw. fell in love with the love of Who her life. She takes the longest honeymoon in history. This novel is full of twists and turns right and is difficult to put down. You can find Sad Eyes at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and JCarrollPublishing.com, or through your local Welcome bookstore. Get it, read it, tell hey, people about it, and write a review on Amazon. This is Dan Perkins. This is a very difficult subject to talk about because you can't find it in the American media anywhere. I mean, I've looked and looked and looked. So the American media is ignoring the systematic elimination of Christians in Africa and more specifically in the area that you're talking about. So tell us about what you're trying to do. Okay, well, first, I, I run a missions organization to Nigeria called Equipping the Persecuted. We've been around for three years and we are actively working on the ground responding to these persecutions. And then uh, six months ago, we started a project called TruthNigeria.com because, uh, as you said, no one is talking about what is going on in Nigeria. So we decided to partner with a couple U.S. journalists and some Nigerian journalists to actually cover and document what is actually happening. Because I, I figure we have to fight this on both fronts. We have to help the people on the ground however we can, because these people are left with nothing but the clothes on their backs, witnessed and had several of their family members uh, murdered and killed. And so, you know, we have to fight the war on both fronts. We have to fight the war on information, but we also got to fight it on the ground. To so give your audience an idea of, of what's taking place is it is a systematic genocide against Christians perpetrated by Muslims. Ever since you saw the destabilization of the Middle East under the quote-unquote Arab Spring under Obama, that's what created ISIS. That's what allowed all these radical terror organizations to grow and thrive and get weapons. And what you're seeing now is that movement moving from the Middle East, going south into Africa, and now it's in Nigeria. And so since uh, since Obama's Arab Spring, we've seen attacks and the genocide against Christians increase exponentially. What we just recently witnessed, and it kind of made the news a little bit the other day, is the uh, recent Christmas massacre where 300 Christians were killed over Christmas by an army of around 3,000 militants from Nigeria, from Chad, from Niger, Muslim militants that systematically attacked 38 villages over the course of 24 hours. You graphically said that it, it was it was coming down from northern Africa and, and in essence bleeding down and it's it, and I, I'm assuming that it's also below Nigeria too this this persecution but maybe it's more prevalent in Nigeria than it is in other parts of Africa. Well, a lot of the countries surrounding Nigeria have already been taken over. I mean, they, they are now fully Muslim-controlled countries. You have Cameroon completely taken over. You've had uh, what happened in Niger, where there were Christians in Niger, but now uh, you had the military coup. Now it's essentially a military uh, Muslim state. Um, and we call it the coup belt. So you have Burkina Faso, what happened in Niger, and... Uh, 
what's going on in Cameroon, all the surrounding countries are starting to become Islamized and they're coming in from the north. If you if if our audience followed what you said, and I'm sure they did, one of the questions that that I would ask you, is there any way to stop it? Yeah, there there's there's a few ways to stop it is international pressure and to actually take notice as to what is happening. If this goes unchecked, this is not stopped by the international community. You are going to see millions and millions of innocent Christian lives taken over the next five years. It is coming to a breaking point where if this is not stopped, millions of innocent people are going to die. I don't mean to be a pessimist. I've been around 78 years and seen some very dastardly things that are going on. When you say that, it's, that people have to get involved to stop it, the United Nation is clearly in the favor of Hamas in, yes. in, with, with Israel and other terrorist organizations. So if if the UN is not going to get involved and in fact support the Muslims, who's going to step in? Who's who's going to make it happen? Turn it around. Uh, if we change regimes in the United States, I think there is hope. And I think uh, the Nigerian government expects the United States and its wishes, unless the United States government under the Biden administration, what it's currently doing is pushing transgenderism and LGBTQ agenda and uh, and restricting aid if African countries don't go along with the LGBTQ agenda. If we switched that around and said, hey, we're not going to give you aid unless you start protecting your own citizens. In fact, we'll give you a little bit of a boost to help your uh, government and people protect citizens and fight terror. Um, things, uh, things would go a lot better in that case. And it would also empower Christians to also stand up for themselves as well. Are we talking about a government in in the case of Nigeria that isn't totally Muslim? You have major elements that are Christian. You have major elements that are Muslim. The ones that are in control right now are the Muslims as far as elected positions, but there is a strong contingent Christian part of the government. So right now, I, you, I would pretty much say you have, it's like the Muslim North and the Christian South. And the Muslim North is a minority, but they have the political control the Christian South has the majority of the population. Is there a leader of the Christian movement to to deal with this in the, in the country, or, or or is it just on a local basis? There are Christian governors and senators that are speaking out against this in Nigeria. Volatile situation. Uh, these guys, the ones who the Christians that do speak out, are, are their lives are in danger, and there have been past Christian leaders that have spoken out that have been assassinated. It's the reality of what's going on out there the elements of the country who are after and killing christians are they are they terrorists or are they government soldiers or both both we 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 know there are terrorists working within the nigerian army if the greater population is in the south which is christian are there are there rebel groups in the south there are some rebel groups in the South, but they do not have the pull or the power, uh, and and they usually get thwarted when they when they do things in the South. It's but it's when you have a Muslim governments and Muslim states in the North, they lay cover for for the uh, active for the um, criminal activity for the terrorist activity. They lay cover for it. It's a state in Nigeria becomes a Sharia state. You can pretty much kiss it goodbye as far as 
having any kind of freedom of speech or, 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 uh, or if you're going to be a Christian in that state, you are a second class citizen. Or you're an infidel. An infidel, right. Right. So what, what I don't understand, Judd, is that if we have a situation where we have a number, significant number of Christians in the South, and we've got parts of the North that are all converted to Sharia, if if the North becomes pure Sharia, how do you get rid of that? How do you replace that? I mean, that's that's a that's a, a way of living. It isn't just correct. Uh, 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 what 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 I would see, what I honestly see, just from a geo geopolitical standpoint, is a is a split of Nigeria where you'd have a Muslim North and a Christian South. But they're but they're not going to stop with that. If something isn't done soon, there there will be a very bloody civil war happening within five years, in my opinion. But there is hope. There are great people on the ground. There are leaders. There are people that are speaking out. And so, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe there's hope. And there is hope out there. And on the ground, there is hope. And and we've been able to put a dent into a lot of things going on. And we have thwarted off many attacks, especially with truthnigeria.com, where uh, we actually publish terror alerts. We have intelligence on the ground. We We know when these attacks are going to occur. We let people know in advance. And because of that, instead of 300 dying over Christmas, uh, 300 died over Christmas, but it could have been thousands. But because of our terror alerts, people were prepared. People had evacuated some areas, put up a line of defense and thwarted off some of these attacks. So if we look at the South, what is the, the rules or the situation in both North and South as it relates to, say, gun ownership? Oh, there is no gun ownership in Nigeria. There, there are, uh, quote-unquote, hunters can acquire shotguns, and that's it. The terrorists have the weapons, and the people are fighting them with homemade pipe guns and shotguns. So is this the activity in the North being supported by Iran? I don't know if it's Iran, but I know uh, it, it's coming from—we know it's coming from ISIS, because uh, ISIS joined up with Boko Haram and created what they call ISWAP, which is essentially ISIS of West Africa, and that's in northern Nigeria. Where are the newspapers? Are they it's, speaking it's, out at all? No, it's non-existent. Uh, when the main, when any news about Nigeria hits the mainstream media, they say that these attacks are happening because of global warming or some sort of sectarian violence. But what the media refuses to say is that all these guys that are coming in and killing innocent men, women, and children are shouting Allahu Akbar. They're burning the church first and they're killing the pastor and his family first before they go on to kill the rest of the village. This is ideological and Christianity is their enemy. You know, it's interesting that you say that because some of the survey work that I have seen over the years, that if a Muslim becomes disenchanted with what's what's happening in in the Muslim area in terms of the violence and the the rapes and everything else, and they want to leave the Muslim philosophy, the Christianity is the first place to go. Yes, and they and it's an immediate target on their back. Uh, they have a death sentence if you are a Muslim that converts to a Christian. You are banished from your family. If they see you, your own family may kill you. Mm. And and yet, throughout this whole process, we do see Muslims come to know Christ, mm. especially through our efforts. When we show up to help, we show up to a situation to bring aid, 
we see Muslims that said, wow, we cannot believe you care for your people this much. And that is a thing that actually leads them to Christ, which is what keeps me going back. We're out of time for this segment, but we're going to have Judd back in a, in a few moments to continue the discussion. And uh, how can people follow you? Equippingthepersecuted.org is our website, equippingthepersecuted.org. And I'll just say we need all the help we can get in delivering aid uh, to these Christians. Gets to Christians. We don't just talk about the problem where they're actually helping. And then if you want to know what's going on in the news, go to truthnigeria.com. And we'll be right back with Judd. I'm Dan Perkins, the author of a new historical romance novel called Sad Eyes. It is a story of a young woman, a beautiful Irish lass with red hair, green eyes, and curves that won't quit. She is born in 1912 in Waterloo, Iowa. She decides she wants to be an ER nurse, but she wants to move away from Waterloo to the excitement of the big city. She is accepted at St. James School of Nursing in Chicago and began a life as a true American patriot, serving her country in two wars. She fell in love with the love of her life. She takes the longest honeymoon in history. This novel is full of twists and turns and is difficult to put down. You can find Sad Eyes at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and J. Carroll Publishing com or through your local bookstore get it read it tell people about it and write a review on amazon this is dan perkins welcome back to the truth starts now and we're speaking with judd saul about the persecution and murder of christians and in africa and we have had a, a pretty good discussion and we, we're going to talk a little bit about so where do these people go when they're displaced from their homes, wherever they are? And you said they go in, and many times will go into these camps. Tell us a little bit about the camps. Well, imagine uh, your average Nigerian makes less than $100 a month. They already live in abject poverty, and they most of them are farmers. So they rely on what they grow just to survive and get food for that day. Well, imagine all that being taken away and you have nothing left but the clothes on your backs. And then you're pushed into a camp where uh, your shelters are essentially makeshift tents made out of garbage bags and mosquito nets. And you have very, very little shelter. Well, then um, sometimes they will decide to go, uh, uh, the, the Muslim terrorists will decide to go in and attack these already vulnerable IDP camps. Or they'll kidnap women. Uh, out of the camps and kidnap children out of the camps. Uh, this this happens quite frequently. Um, in fact, this how how bad it is is the Nigerian government says there's 2.5 million internal refugees IDPs in their own country. Okay, well that statistic is is false. We estimate based on uh, the fact that I have been to many camps that the government says doesn't exist. We estimate that total to be more about 5 million internal refugees and IDPs in Nigeria. These are people that have been driven from their homes. They have lost everything they had. And they are essentially, the government says, oh, here's a plot of land. Here you go. No infrastructure, no water wells, no nothing. And you're going to go live off here. You're going to go live in this land. And essentially, and, those, and they still are subject to attacks. Uh, that's the reality of what is happening to Christians in Nigeria and even by their own government. Their own government first doesn't protect them, and then when they even get moved to another camp or location, they still don't get protection and very little aid whatsoever. And if the Nigerian government 
doesn't recognize a camp or recognize an area where there are in, uh, internal refugees, that means the Red Cross, the UN, none of these other non-government organizations recognize them or will go to come to their aid. And this is one of the reasons why I created Equipping the Persecuted was to respond to these, to respond to this and actually help Christians on the ground. If they go into these camps, where does their food come from? They have to hustle. They have to hustle. They have to find a way to grow certain food and crops. Uh, uh, many people will take the food, a little bit of food that they all compile together, throw it in a big pot at the end of the day, and they dish out meals from that big pot, and that's their only meal that they get during that day. So the the Red Cross and other organizations can't provide food, or do or no, they don't. They don't for about half the camps because the Nigerian government says they don't exist. So the ones where the government says that they exist international service agencies can at least provide food or water or whatever they they well here's what happens is because the red cross and these other large government organizations they deploy aid through the government so 20% of the actual aid might make it to the people 80% is siphoned off and sold somewhere else so with our organization equipping the persecuted we don't work with the government we don't work with any of these other things. We go up, we show up to a camp, we show up to a village, we physically hand out rations of supply to individuals one by one by one. So no no commander, no government official can take the uh, aid and hoard it for themselves, which right. is what happens a lot. So we don't work and we don't trust the government. We don't trust any of the politicians to distribute anything. We go in and we make sure the people get what they need. Where is your funding coming from to to do this great work? All private individuals. I don't have private. any. I don't have any government funding. I don't have any major uh, uh, don't uh, any uh, any big donations from foundations. It, it's all private donors. And is there a particular reason why you don't go after foundations? Well, many foundations don't help us particularly because we're unapologetically Christian. We share the gospel. And a lot of foundations don't give to an organization that proselytizes. Mm. We're unapologetically Christian. We share the gospel. That is a big tenet of our organization. And so that that stops us from receiving funding from some of these other larger foundations. When you say Christians, are there particular faiths involved here? or uh, the, 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 uh, the Muslims don't discriminate when they kill Christians. They don't ask what denomination they're with. They don't ask what version of the Bible they read. If uh, they're not Muslim and they claim to be Christian, they get killed. We're not. We don't discriminate on denominations or any kind of anything like that. So, if uh, are, are there specific denominations that you work with there? We work with all. We work with all denominations. And do they do they provide funding for you too? No, we get no we get no funding from any denomination in the United States or even if they have denominations in uh, in Nigeria, we get no support from them. So what what do you see as the biggest challenge to those people who are Christians in, in Africa? The Christians that are in the middle belt and, and the Christians that are in the north, uh, they have a target on their back just because they're Christian. Just because they're Christian, they have a target on their back. What shakes my faith uh, and shakes me personally is that these people wake up every day gracious, praying to God, rejoicing in the Lord, and depending on Him for their everyday needs and survival. And they have a joy in their faith and a joy in the Lord that shakes me to the core. And it's, and it, they know, it's, it's absolutely amazing. 
Uh, and they they know that any, on any given day they could be killed. Yes, sir. How do they adjust to that? Sadly, it's a way of life. They've been they're they're, they're accustomed to it. And how long has this persecution been going on? The per persecution's been going on. Uh, heavy persecution's been going on for about twenty years. Drastically increased within the last within the last ten, and it just gets worse and worse every year. And the the United States government is pushing them, the Muslims to accept ideas that are abhorrent to the, the Muslim philosophy in terms of transgender and everything else. Correct. And so, and, but that's what the United States government current or administration is. Uh, we won't give you aid unless you push these LGBTQ policies, unless you push uh, a lot of this nonsense. And then we need to change that around and say, um, no, forget all that. We're not going to give you aid until you actually protect your own people, until you protect Christians, until you uh, allow for religious freedom, which I thought the United States was a promoter of as religious freedom. Why don't we have that be a condition on our aid? And why don't we put Nigeria back on the terror watch list? As soon as Biden took office, he took Nigeria off the terror watch list. And then that also diverted resources to fighting terrorism in Nigeria when that happened. Why did mm -hmm. they do that in the first week of Biden's administration when they darn well know that ISIS is growing in Northern Africa? Have you been able to ask anybody in the administration that question? I can't get to anybody in the administration and the U.S. Embassy in Nigeria is pretty much worthless. Um, I've talked to Republican senators and congressmen about the issue. They don't understand either. And they've sent letters. They've uh, tried laying pressure on the Biden administration to at least put Nigeria back on the terror watch list, but they get stonewalled. Do you have any suspicion as to why Biden took them off the terror watch list? Because the Democrat Party is being funded by Muslim interests. And whatever the Muslims want, the Democratic Party gives them. That's a pretty bold statement. Well, that's a true statement. Is it a small faction uh, in the Democratic Party that is feels that way? Or do you think it's, I mean, I, since we when we started talking about this, we talked about the fact that the vast majority of Americans have no idea what's going on over there. It's, it must be a very small people, small number of people in the administration who are behind doing what the government wants to do. No, no, I think it's I, I think I, I think it's the Democratic Party uh, uh, modus operandi. Democratic Party, uh, uh, you know, uh, is laying cover for Hamas in Israel. The Democratic Party is laying cover for uh, lays cover for radical Islam all over the globe. Currently, the Council for American Islamic Relations care uh, the the big Muslim lobby group in the United States controls the narrative, controls our language and speech about how Americans talk about Islam. They're the ones that came up with the term Islamophobia. They're the ones that have put the policies in place that if anybody speaks bad about Islam, they're labeled an Islamophobe or they're politically incorrect. And our government is going right along with it. But CARE, Council for American Islamic Relations, who is also connected to terror groups, is the ones writing the policy and writing uh, ordinances and policies all across America. And they're going along with it. So if you look at your organization... What do you need to help begin to turn the tide? First, we need we we need help on the ground to help persecuted Christians in real time. Women, children, widows, orphans, they need real help. I mean, when we deliver aid, it saves lives. We need to save lives on the ground there. But politically here, what we need is people to stand up, 
They need to tell their senator, tell their congressman, tell their politicians, enough is enough. Please protect Christians in Nigeria and protect Christians worldwide. Christians are the most persecuted group in the world right now. And I'll say it again, 90% of all Christian persecution deaths occurred in Nigeria in 2022, and they're meeting the same statistic for 2023. 90% of all Christian persecution deaths occurred in Nigeria, and the world and the mainstream media is silent about it. Yeah, that's that's very true. So if you look at We've got about a minute and a half, and I, I want to ask this question because you brought the subject up several times, that the government will send people into these camps and kidnap specifically women and children and widows. Do they sell them off into slavery? Yes. Slavery so, is practiced. Slavery is alive and well, especially in the Muslim communities, and no one talks about it. Well, we have that that whole situation in, in uh, Israel where the women who were captured were raped and beaten and murdered because they believed they were being motivated by the Quran. The women are, are are not equal to men. It's it's amazing to me how the the women's movement in the in the world has abandoned those people uh, those women and children regardless of where they come from the Mexican border or whether they go through South Africa. It's it's really a philosophy that is pretty much dominant from Islam, that women are much less important and are expendable. Oh, well, with the left, you know, the issue is never the issue. The issue is only a means to the revolution. They're hypocrites, and they really don't care about the issue. They just use a topic to advance their agenda. So, unfortunately, we're out of time, sir. Please, yeah. Thank you for joining us today. And tell us, again, how we can help and get information about your organization. EquippingThePersecuted.org. That's EquippingThePersecuted.org. And as far as news is concerned, go to TruthNigeria.com. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. We'll be right back. Thank you, sir. Thank very you for informative. having me on. Appreciate very it. Infor very informative. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. And we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com, that's bwradionetwork.com, and give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.